Hello to those of you that are tuning in with us online or if you're new or visiting. My name is Jerry. I'm the, I'm the campus pastor here at our Carmel location, and we're so glad to have you with us today. There's going to be lots of things we're going to be celebrating. Um, have you ever stopped to, to look and see how many apps you have on your phone? I counted this week. I have 153 different apps. I don't know if that's a lot or not a lot. I don't use the majority of them. But there's one app on my phone that I use almost every day for the last eight or nine years. I, I don't remember why I downloaded it. And here's the thing about this app. It's not a game that I play. It doesn't have anything to do with the weather or the news. It doesn't track my health statistics. It doesn't help me with directions. The reason I go to this app on a regular basis is because it takes all of my memories on social media, all my photos and videos, puts them in one place. And so when I open it on that day, it shows me what happened on that day year after year after year. And this app is a way for me to celebrate what, and to remember what God has done in and through the life of my family. And so sometimes I open it up and I laugh because of something funny that my kids said or did three years ago. Sometimes I open it up and I remember a place that we visited that I hope to get back to one day. Sometimes, some days I open up and I'm sad because of how fast time goes. Memories are such powerful things for us. They, they remind us of where we've been. They motivate, motivate us about where we're going. And today we wanna take some time as a church family to go back in time for the last year and to look at some memories, to remember where we've been and where God has taken us on a journey as a church family. Somebody reminded me today on a few different occasions in the Old Testament, God commanded the Israelites to stop and remember, to remember who he was so they didn't think they were doing it all by themselves. And so that's what we're gonna do today. Typically, this time of the year, we would give you an annual report with lots of graphs and numbers and all that stuff. Well, we're gonna do that in here together today so that we can hear about it together, so that we can respond in worship together. But before we do that, I wanna remind you of a passage of scripture that the Apostle Paul shared in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because it tells us the role that we have to play in all of this. In 1 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul wrote, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Now those are really powerful words because Paul's reminding us that when we put our faith in Jesus, some really amazing things happen. First of all, our sins are forgiven. Our past is gone. He fills us with his Holy Spirit. He gives us a brand new purpose. And on top of that, he adopts us into his family to be his children. But more than that, we become part of his body. And next week, we're going to look at this in the book of Acts. We're going to study how the early church was formed, how it functioned, and how it grew. But the church is meant to function as the body of Christ. And all of us have a role to play in that body. To be, being his hands and his feet, the head and the heart of Jesus, accomplishing his will together in this world. And so today we want to take some time to celebrate, but we're not celebrating Genesis. We're not celebrating me or you. We are celebrating the work that God has been doing through the body of Christ here in Carmel and in Noblesville under the banner of Genesis Church. And so kids, when you came in this morning, hopefully you got one of those party bags. You got these? Take these out, kids. We're going to be celebrating Go ahead and start shaking those, okay? Adults, if you don't have one of these, I just wanna invite you to clap your hands when the time is right. Let's, in fact, let's just practice right now. Sometimes we gotta practice celebrating. Let's celebrate all that God's done, okay? All right, there you go, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Kids, we're gonna need your help. The adults need your help sometimes celebrating, okay? Now, we're gonna celebrate stories of life change. We've got a lot of things that we're gonna share with you today, but I wanna begin by looking at the story of a family from our Noblesville campus and how as they've connected to the life of Genesis Church, how God has shown them how they can use their gifts and talents and abilities 
to build up the body of Christ here. So take a moment and check this out. You guys have an interesting story, probably like a lot of people uh, who will see this. How did you find Genesis? So we were looking for a church and we decided that we wanted to come to Genesis and make it our church. Um, but also we were with, pregnant with our first daughter. Easter, um, April of 2019, we came. And then the following Thursday we had Hazel. So, <laughs> so then that we didn't come back for a little while because yeah. we had a newborn at home. <laughs> then we started coming regularly. We were here every Sunday and um, year went by almost coming up on a year our first year with Hazel and I'm like okay I'm ready to jump in I'm ready to like really get to know people three weeks before Hazel's first birthday everything shut down and we weren't going to church in person anymore um, and so that kind of put that on hold and so it took us a while to really kind of get connected in I think it was three years in before we actually went to our intro to Genesis <laughs> class so a little different so, so when we say, if you're new here, you need to come to Intro to Genesis. <laughs> Three years is kind of the it's statute relative. of limitation. I remember that Intro to Genesis you guys were at. Uh, it was, that's really cool that that's a part of your story. I didn't realize how big of a part of your story yeah. that is. So. <laughs> um, so after Intro, you attend Intro to Genesis, and you decide, we're going to start serving. What, what's, the, what's the next step that happened? Um, for me, it was a week or two after that Intro to Genesis. I believe I went to um, Jose and... Um, I was like, hey, how can I get involved? Do you need anybody for GSM? And he actually had two spots open, um, in one in middle and one in high school. So I visited uh, GSM for a while, for a couple weeks. So it just felt like the right fit. And Jeff, how did you start serving? Just through my men's group. Uh, they were talked about one of the things they needed help with was doing slides during service. And so I said, sure, I can help out with that. So Mandy, what's been a highlight for you serving in GSM small groups? I had my first baptism. Um, that's the first student, that's the first person I've ever been able to participate in a baptism with, that she would trust me um, and she thought of me to be that close to, you know, help her in that time. It was really special. Both of you stepping up to serve in the last year, what have you found the impact has been on your connection here at Genesis and on, on your maybe on your faith journey? Um, I mean, for me, it's just been nice. You know, a lot of guys I normally just wouldn't talk to or run into on a, on a Sunday morning. We get together, eat breakfast, go through you know, soaps, a little Bible study, um, and just get connected and talk and hang out and text during the week and you know all that kind of stuff. It's just been good and building some community and friendships. I know there's a lot of talk these days about not being too codependent and things like that, but, but the Lord created us to be in community. And just to step out in faith and find community, not only with peers, my own age, but um, these girls minister to me too. These students minister to me too. It's just important. Just the community is important. And the more I'm in it, the more I realize it. So there's a lot of people who are new here at Genesis, maybe have been on the sidelines waiting for their invitation to step into the game and start serving, start to join a group. What would you say to those new people? I'd say, yeah, do it. Just see where what works for your family and, and where you can fit in to, to help serve um, because you're not only going to be able doing something to help uh, the church, but also you're going to get something out of it as well. If you're not serving, you're missing out on a whole other level of connection um, that God's going to provide for you. The Volan story is just one story of one family, but I love her, her line there at the end, if you're not serving, you're missing out. What she understands is the church is meant to be the body of Christ. 
and we're meant to use our gifts and talents and abilities together. And also, I want you to pay attention to the rhythm of life that they share. They had a baby and they needed to take some time off. That's okay. But over the course of time, they realized we have got to jump back into what God is doing in our church family. So we love celebrating stories like that. We've got a few more stories to uh, celebrate and share with you later today. But first, I want to take a, I want to take a moment and go back to last January and work our way through last year to share some high-level highlights of where we've been and what God has done in and through our church family. So let's go back to last January. Last January, you'll probably remember this, we launched into a year-long study of the Gospel of John, and we said, we're gonna study the life of Jesus for an entire year to learn how he lived. We called it grow, and we, the goal was for us to grow in our relationship with Jesus. So that was in January, and then in February, we launched several groups that met all throughout the community to study the Gospel of John along with us and to build relationships with one another. We love celebrating those types of things. And then last March was a pretty big month for us because we hosted the IF gathering at our Noblesville campus. We had over 100 ladies from, 100 ladies from both of our campuses come together to worship God, to study God's word and to build relationships with one another. We had two groups that came out of this. And so we're really excited about events like that, environments like that. Now, ladies, we're gonna host the IF gathering again this year. We don't have the dates yet. I believe it's gonna be in March we're going to host it here at our Carmel campus. And so I want to encourage you right now to start praying about who you can invite to be a part of an environment like that. Also, last March, we took 42, 42 third, fourth, and fifth graders to a high energy weekend called Superstar. Michael talked about this a little bit earlier, 42 of them. I want to thank God for the eight adults that took them on that two-day trip. Their reward in heaven is going to be great. So can we celebrate those adults that serve our kids in this way, right? We're going to talk about this later, but this is a ministry that continues to grow and expand here at Genesis. Now, last April was a really exciting month for us as well. For starters, we celebrated the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus on Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And across our two campuses, we had 1,300 people gather together to worship, which is exciting. But I'll tell you what's more exciting than that. We had several people that responded to Jesus in faith by being baptized into him. And we love celebrating baptisms. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share a specific story with you in just a moment about that, but we love celebrating life change. But April was really important for us. That's actually monumental for us as a church family for a different reason. If you've been around Genesis for a few years, you might remember this, but in 2020, in March of 2020, we launched into a two-year giving initiative called Greater. Now, how many of you remember March of 2020, right? Remember when the world shut down? That's when we felt like God was saying, yeah, let's, we're gonna move forward with this. And our goal was to raise $7.5 million to make disciples, to reach our cities and to change the world. Here's the problem. We had planned on this for months. And then the week that the world shut down, we had to go online. We had, we had no online services up to that point in time. So our first online service was our Commitment Sunday. And we had been praying and trusting God for 700 couples, individuals, or families that were gonna help us achieve the $7.5 million goal. And that first weekend, we had 75 commitments online that totaled $2.9 million. Now, I'm not very good at math, but $2.9 million is a long way from 7.5 million. And, and I'm gonna be honest with you, as a staff member, as a pastor, as a leader here, I'm gonna let you know how our staff was feeling. We were really confused. We were really discouraged, but we felt God saying, no, just, this is gonna be a faith journey. I want you to walk with me through this journey and watch what I'm gonna do. And over the next two years, God did some things that were just, it seemed impossible at the time. 
Now, kids, I want you to get your pom-poms ready, okay? Because we're going to celebrate something really big that God did. This is not us. Last year on Easter Sunday, it was the end of that two-year commitment. Remember, our goal was $7.5 million. As of Easter last year, we hit the $7.5 million mark. But here's what's more amazing than that. We started with 75 commitments. Our goal was 700. As of Easter Sunday of last year, we had 701. Yeah, so let's praise God for doing things that only God can do. Now, guys, I'm not going to lie to you. That seemed impossible when we started. And I don't know how he did it, but he did it. But he can do anything he wants to do, right? One of, the, one of the big parts of Greater for us was to change the world by supporting local schools, adoption and foster families, and our partner church in, uh, Tur- in uh, Tirana, Albania. And over the last two years through Greater, we've been able to give away over $700,000 to those agencies. Another big part of Greater for us was a relocation project for our Noblesville campus. Now, I wish I could stand here today and tell you that we've got some really exciting news to share about relocation but we don't. It's just part of the journey where we feel like God is saying, I just need you to trust me. And here's what I want you to know. As a staff, we have prayed. Our elder team has prayed. We have visited places. We had one place that we thought was for sure. It was like, this has got to be it. We got down the path a little bit and it all fell apart. And we said, okay, God, we're just going to trust you. And so we wait. But here's what's really cool about that while we wait. In the greater process, we've been able to set aside $3 million in a building fund. So when God says, this is it, it's time to go, we've got some money that we can use to get started. Also along the way, we've used some of those greater funds to make some updates here in our Carmel campus. We've got new flooring, new chairs. At the end of the month, we're going to do a lobby remodel that's going to be exciting and fun. We're going to do some of those same things at our Noblesville campus because we feel him saying, you just keep going. I want you to trust me. I'll tell you when the time is right. So that's, that's greater. That was a huge thing for us last year as a church family. But let's go back to September of last year. In September of last year, we celebrated our 10-year anniversary as a campus here in Carmel, and that was exciting. But I think more exciting than that was we partnered with Rose Senior Living across the way. You might remember this. And we hosted a community block party. This is the second time that we've done this. We used their parking lot to throw a free event. And the, the purpose of this event is all those people in condos and apartments we invited them to come out and to get to know one another. Free food, free fun, free games. And our staff had so much fun getting to know people, building relationships with local businesses. I I think it worked pretty well and we're we're looking forward to doing that again this year, hopefully. But we're thankful for your generosity to help make events like that take place. So that was in September. And then in November, for the second year in a row, we celebrated Giving Tuesday by adopting four schools, two in Carmel, and two in Noblesville. And we, with these schools, we, writ, we had handwritten letters to every staff member in all of these schools to thank them for partnering with us in ministering to the needs of our community. And then on top of that, we slid a $100 gift card to Target in there and said, hey, we just want you to know we appreciate you. That was a total gift of $50,000 that was given in the name of Jesus. And the response has been pretty amazing. We've had two of those schools reach back out to us and say, hey, can we continue partnering with you? And we said, absolutely. That's why we give and celebrate generosity because we want people to know God is generous. He has given us his son, Jesus, and we wanna come to them in in his name. And so we love celebrating things like Giving Tuesday. And then in December, we've talked about this a lot recently, we set a goal of collecting $100,000 for our Christmas offering to give all of that away to our ministry partners 
locally and around the world. Well, we didn't hit $100,000, we hit $112,000. And as of today, all of that money has been given away. It's being funneled to our ministry partners in Albania, in Ukraine, in Haiti, in France, and all over the world and locally. And so I just wanna take a moment for us to stop and to look back and to appreciate and to celebrate what God is doing in and through his body here at Genesis Church. Can we take another moment just to thank him and to worship him for what he's doing? Now, I wanna remind you, think of, have an Old Testament mindset here. God told the Israelites, stop and remember. We're not remembering Genesis Church. We're, we're, we're being reminded of what God is doing in and through his body here. Now, I wanna share some other numbers with you, okay? Last year, we were able to collect as a church family $2,973,045 with tithes and offerings and grants and registration fees. That's our collective generosity. And I want to take a moment to let you know how those funds have been used over the last year, okay? So 37% of that goes to personnel. That is for our staff salaries and insurance and things like that. And as a staff member, I just want you to know how much I appreciate. There's 14 of us. That represents 14 families. Thank you for supporting us and trusting us as we minister to the needs of our church family. I wanna say thank you. So 37% goes to personnel, 16% goes to facilities, rent and utilities and maintenance and all that fun stuff. 13% goes to outreach. This is things like the Christmas offering and special projects like Giving Tuesday. And then 33%, a third of that is ministry expenses. This is things like training and education for staff and volunteers gifts for ministry volunteers, supplies, special events, and of course, free coffee and bagels on a Sunday morning, right? That's how all of that gets paid for. Now, if you have any questions, this is a quick flyover. I'd be happy to answer any questions that I could, but we just want you to know how those funds are being allocated and used. And one of the things that's unique about Genesis is we have a really simple ministry model. We try to focus on five areas of ministry. That is our Sunday worship services, kids ministry, student ministry, groups, and outreach. And I wanna take a moment really quick to give you a high level view of some things that are happening in all of those areas of ministry. So let's start with worship on Sunday morning. When we gather together, we worship Jesus in lots of different ways. We celebrate his presence by getting to be together. We, we are reminded of who he is and what he has done for us when we come together and know we're not alone. So we're worshiping him when we gather. We worship him when we sing songs to him. We worship him when we study his word together. We worship him when we give and when we serve in his name. But that's not all that happens on a Sunday morning. We also worship him for life change. Uh, and over this last year, we've been able to see 27 people in our church family that were baptized into Christ. Now, can we celebrate that? That represents 27, 27 lives that are new and changed because of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. And that's just in the last year. Imagine what he's done in the last 20 years, the last 2,000 years in the history of the church. Now, I want to take a moment to share one of those stories with you. There's a young lady named Cassidy Drabeck who was baptized last fall. And if you didn't get to hear her story, I just want to share a brief snippet of what she said. Cass wrote, I was raised going to church and I understood who Jesus was and what he came to do for us but I never grasped the idea of having a relationship with God through him. When I was in school, I fell victim to severe bullying and went through high school seeking relief in alcohol and toxic relationships, which then led me into a dark path of depression 
I've never felt more lost or out of control of my life. I was enslaved to my sin and guilt, and I was ruled by anxiety. But since I've started following Jesus, he has brought immense healing in my life. He has helped me through a season of sobriety and helped me get back on track with self-control and refocusing my eyes on him. Now, Cass's story is just one of a number of stories of life change in our church family. And it all has to do with Jesus making us new over and over and over again. A big area of focus for us also is our Gen Kids ministry. This January alone, through both of our campuses, we are averaging 163 kiddos from birth to fifth grade. That's a lot of kids, okay? Here in Carmel alone, our Gen Kids ministry has grown by almost 40% in a year, you guys. That takes a team of about 70 committed volunteers who love and serve and shepherd these kids on a regular basis. And I wanna say, if you serve in Gen Kids, thank you so much because you are pouring into the future of our church. In fact, I wanna share a really brief line from a lady that serves there. Her name is Sarah. She's a single mom. She's doing an amazing job to raise her daughter. But when we, when we said, Sarah, what is it that you enjoy about serving in Gen Kids? This is what she said. She said, I enjoy investing in children who are gonna grow up alongside my daughter are gonna become her spiritual friends. And after she told me that, she said, I'm sorry, I know that seems very self-serving, but I just want my daughter to have some good friends. And I said, Sarah, that's a beautiful thing. You're a single mom. You're teaching your daughter to follow Jesus, but you're also connecting her to a network of people that want the same thing for her. And you're pouring into other kids at the same time. I mean, it's a powerful image of someone that's looking into the future saying, I don't wanna just help my daughter. I wanna help others my daughter's age. And so can we take a moment and celebrate people like Sarah that serve in our children's ministry? Thank you so much for all that you do to pour into our kiddos. Another area of focus for us is student ministry. Last year, we were able to send 115 middle school and high school students to a variety of different camps. And they, my, I have two boys, actually three boys that went to these camps. They had so much fun. There's so much exciting things happening in our student ministry, but I've got a statistic in our student ministry that I wanna share with you. Every weekend, we have over 30 students that serve somewhere on a Sunday morning. You know what's cool about that? Our students are catching the vision. They understand that through faith in Jesus, they have been given gifts and talents and abilities by the power of the Holy Spirit, and they're using them to build up the body of Christ here at Genesis. You know what's happening? God is preparing them here for wherever he's gonna call them next, but they're practicing that here and now. And so I think that is amazing. I have two kiddos, actually three of my boys, they all serve in different areas. And you know what I love about that for me as a dad? Genesis is their church. They don't do this. I didn't tell any of them to do that. They've, they've responded in worship in that way. And there's so many other students that are doing that as well. So you know what? We didn't do this first service. I want to celebrate our students that are serving. Let's celebrate our students. I've got two more areas of focus for you. You hear us talk a lot about groups. We believe that groups are like small churches that meet inside of the larger church. Last year, we had almost 25 groups meeting from Carmel to Noblesville and lots of places in between to study the gospel of John together. But more importantly, they're, they're developing relationships. They're praying with and for one another. They're creating environments where people that are new can come and engage in spiritual community. And in those 25 groups, that represents roughly 40% of our adults that are connected in an environment outside of Sunday morning. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. 40% is a good starting point, but I would love to see that number grow to 60, 70, and 80% 
not for the sake of a number. I believe that those are communities where people can come and grow spiritually. And what we're gonna see in the book of Acts is people met in big groups like this, but then they would meet in small groups and homes to encourage one another on a regular basis. So if you're not in a group, our group's pastor, Dan Tal, is gonna be in the lobby under the balloon cloud. He would love to help you find a group that's right for you, okay? So if you're not yet connected, we wanna help you get connected to a group. Our last area of focus is outreach. And we talk about outreach almost every single weekend when we celebrate generosity. Last year, we were able to support, as a church family, 13 different missionaries or ministry organizations in eight different countries. Places like France, Haiti, Ukraine. Um, I'm drawing a blank on all the other places. That's our collective generosity, supporting and, and advancing the kingdom of God as we work together. And last year, we were able to give away over $300,000 to those organizations. Now let's hit pause. That's a lot of information. I can see it. Some of you are like, good grief, enough with the numbers. We are doing this today to celebrate what God has done in and through our church family. So can we take one more moment to give him a hand and to celebrate his work in and through our church family? Now, I want to wrap up today by letting you hear from a family here in Carmel. You might have seen them around. They've been here for about a year. Their story with Genesis is a story of hope and a story of healing. I want you to take a moment and check this out. So you guys relocated here from Vegas. You were looking for a church home. You found us online. Uh, you gave us a try. And you felt at home pretty early on, right? And what was it about Genesis where you thought... This is where we need to be. To immediately come in and feel received, have, have you available when we needed it, um, that was huge for us. When you, when you first got here, you were coming out of a, a, a busy season of ministry and you felt like God was saying, rest. I just want you to rest. And that was hard. <laughs> it was hard for some of you more than others. In that year or so of resting, what did you feel like God was saying to you? Before I came here, I was serving a lot I, I had these highs, if you want to call them that. I'd serve and it was awesome and I'd come home and I would crash and be frustrated and tired. And, and I knew it was backwards, I knew it was off and that was something that I did not want to have happen. And so God really challenged me to work out of the overflow, to cultivate that type of culture in my home first so that then wherever else I would go, it would overflow. And because of that, it really, shifted my mindset when God said rest. While you were resting, there was this time where you, you knew that you needed to jump in and find community. You're, you're in a great group of people. I've watched you grow that way. I want to hear a little bit about that experience. What, how's that been helpful? What's, what's been good about that for you? If we're talking specifically about groups with uh, Bob and Polly, we've really found like it's like a total family. Sorry, I love it. <laughs> See, it's like it's, it, they've been really connected to us and it's just something that we didn't know we would get from a church group. You know, a lot of times we've been in groups and it's just been that night at that location and then you wait till the next time you meet. So to actually have somebody really excited and to invest in us and pray for us. So you're, you're investing in community, you're finding your people, you're settling in and finally it feels like God's saying, hey, it's time. I'd love to hear a little bit about the joy of serving again, serving together, serving on the worship team, serving in the tech ministry. Just talk me through um, how God has kind of reawakened that joy in you. I love serving, period. <laughs> 
so I will plug in. Uh, but the joy that I'm finding now is knowing that I'm not just coming here on Sundays and that's the only time that I'm using my gifts. You know, it was the opposite before I got here. Church was the only place that I was worshiping for the most part. Church was the only place that I was trying to invite people and, and share about Jesus, you know, within the walls of the church. I'm gonna cry. And now, because the focus flipped when we got here, and I worked on making that who I am outside of this building, when I come here, it's it's just fun. And it's it's not a duty, you know, and it's not something that I'm like trying to soak up, you know, uh, because I'm so parched outside of here. You know, it's it's some it's an overflow, and I'm thankful. What what is it? What is it about the community at Genesis that has helped draw you guys in and send you guys out on mission? There is just a genuine love for God and a genuine love for people, and it's in that order: God and people, and then everything else that we can bring. And that's really blessed me and brought a lot of healing. <clears throat> Adam and Melissa's story, again, is just one, one of many stories that we can tell. But what I love about theirs was <clears throat> they, they kind of fell into the trap that we all can. Of, I, I've got to go and do all these things for God. I've got to do as much as I can to please God. And when they, when they came here, God said, no, I just need you to chill. I need you to relax. I need you to rest. I need you to find some people that can show you some different rhythms. And one really cool part of their story is their small group leader, Bob and Polly Needler, that they mentioned. Bob and Polly have been leading a group for a while, but when I first asked them to lead a group, they're like, we can't, we just don't have any room. We can't fit people in our apartment. And I said, well, what if you just try to fill it as full as you could? And they, they did, <laughs> and they continue to, and they've built this amazing community of people where the Aguilars came in and felt at home immediately. And now they're launching out to, launch, to start a group of their own. But I just love how you can see the body of Christ coming together in their story where they're using their gifts to build up this church family. And so I just wanna take a moment. I don't, I don't know all of your stories, but I look out and I see so many of your faces and I see the time and the effort and the resources that you give to build up the body of Christ here at Genesis. And I just wanna say on behalf of our staff, thank you. You are helping people find their way back to God even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, but you're part of something much bigger than yourselves. And so what I want you to hear me say today is if you're part of the Genesis family and you're serving and you're giving, this isn't a, hey, go do more. I just wanna say thank you. But if you've been coming for a while and you're really curious and you don't know where to start, we would love to help you get engaged to this ministry. We would love to help you find your role in this body of believers because I believe that God has given you gifts and talents and abilities that he wants to use you specifically so you can help others, but he wants to use you in the process. And so let us know how we can help you take a next step in this journey. Next week, we're gonna jump into the book of Acts together. And we're gonna see how the early church was formed, how it functioned and how it grew by the power of the Holy Spirit with a bunch of normal people just like us and how that group continued to grow and grow and grow and spread to spread the message of the gospel in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And it continues on 
today. So I wanna invite you when you leave today, we've got journals for you out in the lobby, grab one of those. We've got these reading plans so you can follow along with us. We'd love to help you find a group where you can study with some people. But as we wrap up, I want us to pray a prayer together that our lead pastor, Paul Mumal introduced to us last week. He's calling it our everyday prayer, my everyday prayer. He taught out of Luke chapter 10, where Jesus told his disciples as he was sending them out, pray to the Lord of the harvest to raise up workers. And the amazing thing about this prayer is that as we pray it, we realize we are the answer to the prayer. The Holy Spirit wants to use us to advance the kingdom of God and to let people know who Jesus is. And so I wanna invite you, would you pray this prayer with me out loud real quick? Father in heaven, thank you for saving me. I want you to do for others what you've done for me. Use me today to help others know you. Father, that's a really simple prayer. But as I look out over this crowd of people, I, I, I know stories of people that are walking faithfully with you, of lives that you have changed. I know that there's some people that are sitting on the fringe and they're curious, they're looking for a church home, or more importantly, they're seeking a relationship with God. Would you help us to be aware? Would you help us, Holy Spirit, to be available to whatever you want to do in and through us, not just here and not for Genesis, but for you? Would you send us out on mission in power? Would you help us share the love and the hope and the peace and the joy that comes from knowing Jesus? Jesus, we love you. Thank you for what you have done in Genesis last year and for the last 20 years. Thank you for what you've been doing in your church for 2,000 years. We look forward to seeing what you're gonna do in and through us, your body right here in the year to come. Jesus, we love you and it's in your name we pray. Amen.